0: Welcome to EQ Minds Recharge Your Mental Health Podcast. I'm Chelsea Pottinger, the host of this show, and today we have the amazing Jo Witten from Quirky Cooking, and she also has the most incredible cookbooks. You may know one, which is called Life Changing Food, and I'm absolutely obsessed with this cookbook. Jo runs health seminars, retreats, and cooking classes, both here in Australia and overseas, sharing how to transition to a healing whole food diet without the overwhelm. Without further ado, let's get Joe Witten onto our show and this podcast wouldn't be made possible without our sponsor, Chili Technology. So I'm really pleased to have Joe Witten with us today and if you do suffer any kind of gut issues, this is a podcast you do not want to miss. So thank you so much, Joe, for coming on our show today. You're
1: so welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: And I know your story because I've been following you for years, but I'd love my audience to know, you know, what was the catalyst for your life-changing journey to actually start going down more of these sort of gut-friendly recipes?
1: Definitely my kids, (laughs) especially Isaac, who started going through a lot of anxiety when he was 11 and it sort of fluctuated. I found that diet did help, like when I was really careful with his diet and pulled back on the foods that he reacted to, his anxiety levels went down. But it became a bit of a roller coaster and it got worse. And by the time he was 13, he was in full blown phobias, OCD, all kind of really strange behaviour that we just didn't know what in the world was going on. But I'd heard so much about the the connection between the gut and the brain. And so I started really researching that and talking to professionals about it and came to the conclusion that we needed to work on gut health for him, thinking that it was just him that we needed to work on. And then I started to read up on all the symptoms of poor gut health and realized that every single one of us in the family had poor gut health. So that's what started us on this journey.
0: And did you notice a significant change in his behavior, like the poor little thing being so young? Experiencing, you know, mental health like phobias and anxiety and things like that. Did you notice a change in his behavior and how long did it take for you to notice these behavioral changes of him eating kind of this new cleaner way of living?
1: It didn't take long at all. He did have to go onto some medication at first because he was so bad. He had gotten to the stage, it kind of the the worst part sort of happened almost overnight. He just started these really really awful like the obsessive compulsive behavior and repeating actions and seeing things and fears and screaming and crying couldn't dress himself couldn't do school couldn't do you know anything and I was within a few days I had to start spoon feeding him because it freaked him out so much to eat because he was scared the fork would touch his teeth and he'd throw it and all sorts of weird stuff so None of us were coping, like he wasn't sleeping. He was screaming in the night and waking everyone up. So he went on to a small amount of medication and I said to the doctor, I really don't want this to be his life. I want to get him off as soon as I can. I'm going to work on all these, you know, on his diet, on all these natural things to help him as well. And she was pretty skeptical. But within a few weeks, probably within two weeks, we really started to see a difference in his energy levels because he was a bit like, obviously it also caused him to be very exhausted he mostly laid around his energy levels started to pick up and he started to smile and sometimes laugh you know within a couple of weeks and then within probably a month or two he was so much better and by two or three months he was really happy doing his schoolwork, hanging out with friends, having sleepovers at friends' houses. He started a job at the supermarket at the checkout. (laughs) It was like this kid that couldn't even go out in public. He was the most outgoing kid at the supermarket. And he got all these lovely comments from customers. And it was just really crazy. And I remember thinking, oh, but what if it's the medication? And, And as soon as we start to wean him off, he'll go backwards. And so I talked to the psychologist about it and he was also having counseling and she said, look, it's not the medication. Usually by about three months the doctor's doubled the dose. You haven't, he hasn't gone up, he's on like a half a tablet and it's definitely not the medication. So that was very encouraging and he just continued to improve and within a year he was off all medication and that was, let me see how many years ago, was that six years ago now? he's just about to
0: turn 19 that is so wonderful that brings happiness to my eyes because oh, <laughs> As a parent, the last thing you ever want to experience is you know your child going through pain like that mm, and it's
1: awful when you can't do anything you don't know what to do you're so
0: helpless it's the scariest thing is the uncertainty of it all and not knowing what it is and then for you to be able to find this option b and then create this whole life passion not just to help your son <laughs> remarkably well but to kind of help our nation and more mm. so across the globe yeah. and do you feel you know i know you're big into gluten free why are you such an advocate of we eat gluten free as well why are you such an advocate for the gluten free
1: we always world? seemed to do better on gluten free and Right from the time Isaac was young, the dairy-free, gluten-free style of eating was more what we suited. But we were sometimes slack. You know, We'd go up and down with it. And I always found that as we got more and more gluten and dairy and sugar into the diet, his anxiety would get worse. So we'd pull it back. And, and when he was really bad, I'd pull it back to grain-free and just really clean eating. And that's when he always... Seem to improve and so then when we decided to really do a deep dive and really really work on gut health I learned so much about how gluten affects the gut lining and how basically it causes your gut to be leaky whenever you eat gluten and so larger proteins that shouldn't be able to get through can get through to your blood through your bloodstream and you start to cause food reactions and there's so many things about gluten that like now after years of healing probably you know five or six years of really working on gut health I can have some sourdough bread made from wheat and it doesn't seem to bother me but I wouldn't do it too often because it does still cause your gut to be leaky for a short amount of time after you've eaten gluten so it still can start to cause problems for people so yeah it's definitely something I'm careful with and the other thing that I worry about is all the chemicals used in modern wheat and the way that it's been hybridized and changed and it's not it's not a traditional food anymore if you can find an organic sort of low gluten unhybridised kind of grain and make sourdough from that, I think that's much better option. And that's pretty much what I prefer to stick to as much as possible.
0: And it's great because your body is your best telltale sign. Oh yeah. It's going to be all the time. Like if you have a sandwich at lunchtime, then you have a dip at two or three in the afternoon, but then you ramp that up with some coffee. <laughs> and <then> sugar. Sure. <laughs> But you're in check with your body. Yeah. Like it's so your body is telling you signals all the time and and just due to that, you know, that gut-brain access through that phrenic and vagus nerve, it is constantly signaling to the brain, hey, what are you feeding me right now? It's kind of either working for my body mm. or it's not. Yeah, so true. It's so fascinating.
1: I did find that once we healed, I could handle like good quality fermented dairy and things like that that are traditional foods, but I still really try to stick to what's traditional and has been around in the human diet for thousands of years and not modern versions.
0: (laughs) So Yeah, yeah. I think think that's a really good way to live. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Chili Technology. Even though winter is here, we still need a cool body core temperature to have great sleep efficiency and deep REM. An easy way to get our body core temp down is by using an ULA from Chili technology. You just slip it over your mattress, switch it on, set your temperature and you're away. They even come in single so you can set your own temperature since partners often like to sleep at different temperatures. To get a great night's sleep and 15% off, head to eqminds.com forward slash podcast and use the code eqminds15 for the ULA system. about you know for meat and things like that a lot of people don't know the difference between grass fed versus grain fed meat and i'd love you to give us some insight into that as well
1: the grass fed for instance grass fed beef is much closer to what human beings have eaten traditionally for thousands of years while game the fat profile is closer to that Basically, the fatty acids, the essential fatty acids that we need for digesting the vitamins and minerals in our foods, they're supposed to be at a ratio of about, for omega-6 to omega-3, which are fatty acids, they're supposed to be at a ratio of one is to one. That's what they were traditionally for thousands of years. But because of the way that we produce meat now, like for instance, cattle in feedlots they're highly stressed they're not eating a varied diet of all different types of plants and grasses they're having maybe oats and i'm not sure what else and sometimes you know the soy and all sorts of things and the it's changed the fatty acid profile to something like i think it's more i think it's more like seven to one instead of one is to one but a grass-fed a pastured grass fed beef cow is sorry, it's not a cow <laughs> anyway. You know what I mean. The grass fed beef is more of 1.5 to 1, the ratio, and so it's much closer to what traditionally humans have thrived on and where we're meant to be with our omega, omega 3s and 6s in that ratio. And it's just a healthier ratio to work towards, and it's also really interesting the the secondary compounds that are in grasses and pasture which we don't hear about a lot the phytochemicals and things that are naturally in plants just like we're told we need to eat a wide variety of vegetables for our health and not just stick to peas corn carrots potato or whatever you know get a wide variety for your microbiome cattle and animals are supposed to do the same thing and they will naturally self-medicate by choosing certain plants when they need them if they're given that wide variety but when they're given just a really small variety like oats and I don't know whatever else they eat um, they're not getting what they need and they're not as healthy And and we need to eat healthy animals for us to be healthy
0: so absolutely yeah Yeah, what we eat we become
1: that's right (laughs) that's right (laughs) so yeah I just find that really interesting you know if we if we sort of look back at the kind of foods that human beings have eaten for thousands of years and what what they were actually like we can see okay well sure you know meat and dairy and eggs they were all traditional foods they kept people healthy but we just got to think about well what's been done to them and what do we need to look at these days what's the best options for us now
0: so brilliant and you've got so many amazing varied recipes in your books (laughs) you've got the cooking.com.au website i love your book called life-changing food in fact i was on the pre-sale list before that even came out my sister (laughs) and i like yeah thank you (laughs) We absolutely love it and we both have thermomixers, which I don't usually like to tell people because then,
1: <laughs> I know because you feel like you're part of a cult.
0: <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> like, I love it because it makes my life a lot easier. Yes,
1: it's a tool in the kitchen, just like other tools, but it's a pretty cool one.
0: <laughs> so, what I would love to know just from a personal, just from a personal sort of yeah. lens. What's the most downloaded recipe? Because I've got so many of oh, your favorite. I can tell you recipe. that
1: one so easily. Butter chicken. Okay. Did she, I know it would be. I thought gonna <laughs> Honestly, my blog has been going for eleven and a half years. And whenever I do, you know, you go onto your stats and you check what is the most visited page. In all that time, it's like if I choose all time. It's always butter chicken, even though it's only been on the blog for like four years. So it's just like overtaking everything. <laughs> it's always at the top.
0: <laughs> and it's so good. So is your lamb jeans. So, oh, I mean, you've thank got so you. good recipes. <laughs> so if people are listening and they're like, you know what? I've bombed with bread to even start with making. Changes to my diet. What do you think is the one change that people should really be making? What's that first step, that easy step, and kind of the non negotiable that they really should be encouraged to make moving forward?
1: Definitely eating foods close to nature as possible. I think that's just common sense, but we've kind of lost that in our world these days. You know, we're so used to food that's been altered and I don't know, pasteurized, homogenized, radiated, whatever, I don't know, additives, colors, flavors, says natural flavors or natural colors, but it never is. There's just so much that's done to our food now. And just getting back to as close as possible to natural food is what made the biggest difference for us. If you see my before and after photos from one year on, GAPS, on the GAPS diet, which is the gut healing diet that we worked on, the difference in my face is unbelievable and I didn't take any supplements in that time. It was all just going back to, to traditional healing foods as close to nature as possible. That's all I did.
0: Wow. We might reshare that yeah, photo. Sure, yeah. How do you feel about that? I don't mind I do it
1: all the time because it just it's a bit mind blowing
0: yeah, I think that's awesome It's such a, uh, such a good advocate and ambassador for this kind of lifestyle because you look so young and healthy so <laughs> Thank you <laughs> And so nutrition obviously becomes amazing mental health, and you've experienced that with your family and your son. What do you do as well to take care? of your mental health you obviously eat exceptionally well and really nourish up your gut and your family's gut which is beautiful do you do anything else to help your mental health? Yeah definitely
1: probably the most important thing for me is making sure I spend some quiet time each day just you know just completely switch off from everything and everybody as much as possible and I like to Like do a bit of a prayer and meditation time. I like to read, journal. I have this thing that I call a brain dump where I've always had a busy mind. I'm one of those people that it just never stops. It just goes, goes, goes. And then in the last few years, I've learned how to slow that down and stop it sometimes (laughs) or slow it down. And it really helps me if I completely blurt everything down onto paper I call it a brain dump so I just all the things that are I'm trying because you know a lot of times it's you wake up in the early morning or in the night I've got to remember this I've got to do that oh I mustn't forget to do this tomorrow I've got to ring so and so and I find if I just write all those things down in a big jumbled list in my journal suddenly it feels like I can relax I don't have to hold on to it all it's like when you're trying to you're going through the house, picking up all the things off the floor and it's a big mess and you're carrying everything and you're dropping stuff and it's like, oh, I can't carry it all. I find when I just put it all down in my journal, I'm not trying to hold everything. It's all there. So I go, okay, I can, I can ignore that now and have my quiet time and everything's not in my head because I know I'm going to remember it. It's written down. And then afterwards I'll come back and I'll sort through that list and just sort of star the things that are actually important make a bit of a priority list for the day and that just really helps me and all that can take 10 or 15 minutes it doesn't have to be like an hour long I usually get everyone out the door first and then I sit down and do that and I find that really helps me to slow down those anxious overwhelmed kind of thoughts in the morning right
0: it just clears the head doesn't it yeah. it doesn't space when you've got it down on paper, so your memory center's not trying to hold on to yeah. it. And it's like, this is kind of where we're going to start. We'll land that plane, then we'll move on to the next thing. And
1: yeah
0: that's so wonderful. I'm such a
1: list person, I always have been. I just find it really helps.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love lists. I create lists all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I also really like achieving things, so I just just love ticking things off every day. <laughs>
1: and then you've got to add to it all the extra things that you did so you
0: can tick them off. <laughs> <laughs> it's good. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. (laughs) No worries. And you have the best recipes. People need to jump all over your quirky cooking website and also grab your book. So, where's the best place for my audience to find more about yourself and about quirky cooking?
1: The easiest thing to do is just get online and search quirky cooking. It's easy, then it all comes up. So, the website has all the links to, you know, my Facebook and Instagram and podcasts and programs and books and everything is on there so that's probably the easiest way I do post a lot in my stories on Instagram and Facebook and um, do little cooking videos each day so for those who just need a little bit of encouragement or inspiration with everyday cooking not the gourmet fancy stuff just the nitty-gritty everyday stuff cleaning out the fridge feeding the kids that kind of stuff that's definitely something that I think people find helpful and that's in my Instagram and Facebook stories.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. And that is me just just getting by <laughs> that's right. <laughs> survival mode. <laughs> oh Joe, that's been fantastic. Thank you so, so much for coming on our show no today. Worries.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Thank you so much. to continue on your calm journey i really encourage you to download a free ebook on how to live a calmer life simply head to eqminds.com to receive your free copy and if you're in a really good mood please feel free to give us a five star rating it helps other people find the podcast and then together we can help other people with their mental health and well-being thank you so much for coming on this journey with us and we'll see you again in a week this podcast is for information purposes only any advice is not a substitute for medical guidance any use of information contained in this podcast is used at the user's own risk